what's more effective, a well-trained person with no equipment or a well-equipped person with no training? Well, in certain cases, I'd have to say that a person with proper training can get by with minimal equipment. But ideally, you'd like to have both. Lads to leaders. Now, Lads to Leaders is known as a program, but I'd like to describe it as a process. You see, the name is the process. You take lads, young people, and you mature them into leaders. The process of lads becoming leaders is about both equipment and training. Young people are equipped with values. They are equipped with philosophy, and they are equipped with special skills. Lads to Leaders is not just learning to do, but in reality, it's doing to learn. And as people participate in the Lads to Leaders program, they become well-trained and well-equipped to be the future leaders. And church leaders or community leaders, it, it produces leadership qualities in young people. The Lads to Leaders program is the legacy of Dr. Jack Zorn, who invented the program. If you're interested in participating in Lads to Leaders, ladstoleaders.com. If you're interested in learning more about it, you can contact Rhonda Fernandez, 321-202-7600, 321-202-7600, ladstoleaders.com. Producing leaders in the church, in the future, in the young people of today. Keeping up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by SJL General Contractors. SJL General Contractors is licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee. This family-owned business provides mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you're in need of any of these services, you can contact them at 931-433-4660. That is 931-433-4660. If you'd like to be employed by this family-owned company, three W's and a dot, sjnl.com, www.sjnl.com. I'd been asked to speak in South Georgia. Now, when I say South Georgia, I mean South Georgia. Uh, I'd gone down for a speaking engagement, and after the services that night, uh, we'd gone out, and we were going to do some frog hunting, and we were waiting in a flooded field, and one of the guys that was with us said, oh, by the way, preacher, if it's got red eyes, don't gig it. I said, why not? He said, well, that would be an alligator. So that's how far south in Georgia I am. On my way south to Georgia on I-75 coming out, coming in into the Atlanta area, I noticed this sign. And it's a big, huge billboard that says Makasa Outlet. And I decided that I would mark this in my mind. This is before the days of GPSs. And I would look for that that sign again. And on my way home, I would stop and buy my wife a present. Now, what you've got to understand, my lovely little wife, is that she is super easy to buy for. When we were dating and I dropped in to visit with her in Arkansas on her 17th birthday, uh, I purchased for her a after walking around Searcy, Arkansas and looking in all the jewelry shops and some of the clothing stores, 
she got for her 17th birthday an aluminum softball bat. On her 29th birthday, she got a pair of sliding pants and some volleyball knee pads, which is what she wanted, not just some random thing I picked out. Uh, when she was uh, 39, she asked for her very own snowboard. So she's pretty easy to buy for. She's never been to high maintenance. Uh, in fact, she managed to deal with my salary as a youth minister with a lot of poise. I, I didn't really realize, but she told me later you realize we lived in a house for seven years with no curtains because of the amount of money we were not being paid. <laughs> when when she finished her college degree, we actually qualified to have her degree paid for by some kind of a Pell Grant because of the income level that we were at. So she's never complained about money. She's never asked for expensive things. Uh, she would see something in the store that, that she liked, and she's, well, you know, I can make it cheaper than that. And so I decided that that on the way home, I'm going to stop and I'm going to buy her something at this Mikasa outlet. I was so far away from home that speaking and driving home wasn't going to work in the same night. That's why I was willing to go out and, and hunt frogs with the lads in Georgia. Well, the next morning I get up, I go for a run. I come back to my hotel room. I throw the stuff in the car. I don't even change clothes. I don't even shower. I'm in black sweatpants. I'm in a black t-shirt with cut-off sleeves. It has Oxford seniors on it. And this is the time of my life when I'm young and I still had hair. So, you know, it's not even been washed or, or combed. It's just I got out and went for a run with a headband on. And now I'm in the car and I'm headed north on I-75. Somewhere around 10 or 11 o'clock, I'm, I'm back up in the north of Georgia area and start remembering, hey, there's this sign I'm looking for, and I see it, Macasa Outlet. I wheel into the parking lot, jump out of the car, and literally jog into the store. I step into the store, and I freeze. And I'm just standing there. I'm standing there wide-eyed with my mouth open. The sales representative was elegantly dressed. Her makeup was flawless. Her black business skirt and her high heel shoes matched the same perfect shade, topped off by what looked like a long sleeve silk blouse. And she was standing there in an uncomfortable pose and uncomfortable poise and stared back at me. My first thought was, aren't you a little dressed up to work in a volleyball store? Her thought must have been, Reginald, we're about to be accosted by a sad little homeless person. The glassware, the china, all kinds of decorative finery glistened in the early morning Georgia sun. I finally spoke out loud to no one in particular, and I said, Did you know that there's a famous volleyball manufacturer called Macasa? And to which the aforementioned stunned, elegant lady seemed compelled to reply. And she said, I most certainly did not. To which I replied, well, don't feel bad. I didn't know they made glass stuff neither. And I strode out of the store. All right. So I'm, I'm culturally inept. I'm culturally deprived. I share this with you to talk to you about expectations and preconceived ideas. I know what Mikasa means to me. Mikasa was written in plain letters across the last very expensive volleyball I bought for my wife. 
the fact that there's another manufacturer that sells completely different merchandise under a very similar name, that was a serious shock to me. I know what I mean by Mikasa, but I'm not real sure what interior decorators mean by it. I've, I made the same mistake with Swarovski. It's a company that sells diamonds, and they also sell the glass that goes into scopes. Walk into a Swarovski shop on a cruise ship looking for telescopic sights, and you'll get laughed at out loud. Anyway, the fact that you can expect to find one thing and actually find another should really not be that surprising. We we have our ideas about what we're going to find when we encounter this group of people or that group of people. We we have preconceived ideas about what those kind of people are like, about what those people believe. People often walk into a church building expecting to find God, and they are disappointed at finding people. Or, or at least they're disappointed at, at the people that they find. Some people have the idea that, that somebody who teaches or preaches love... And acceptance means that there's no standards and you can't say this is right or this is wrong. And the preconception of that, I just get to walk in here and get to say, well, you know, if you disagree with me, then you must hate me. No, you see, that's that's not understanding it properly. I have boundaries for what I let my dog do. I have limits about where I let her go, what we let her eat. I have rules about what my children could be involved in, things that when she was at home and little that she could watch on TV or words that she could say or pictures that she could look at or things that she could or couldn't do with her phone. Just because you have people who have standards and, and those standards are based in, in a, a narrative that says these things are good for you spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. And, and some of these things are bad for you spiritually, emotionally, and psychologically. And, and really, the idea of right and wrong, and the idea of morals, and the idea of sin is, is not some arbitrary thing that God just decided to say, hey, let's do this. Everything God's ever asked us to do is actually good for us. And everything God's ever said is is taboo or out of bounds, everything God's ever forbidden us to be involved in is, is actually on some level bad for us. And if you walk in expecting that there are these people that claim to be Christians and that by loving everyone, it means they accept all behaviors. That's misunderstanding what we're advertising. There's no Christian on the planet who's better than anybody else on the planet. There's nobody who lives by a certain ethical code or, or people who live with a certain moral parameters that think they are better than anybody else. And anybody who lives that way and thinks that way then is really not a Christian. They don't understand that Christianity is not about being superior. It's just about being submissive. But if you walk into a building expecting to find God and you're disappointed at finding people or you're disappointed at the people that you find, 
it's very easy to confuse imperfection with hypocrisy. Any Anybody who's a Christian is going to church because they recognize that they are imperfect. And there's a hole in their life, and it's a hole they can't fill for themselves. They recognize that they are sinners and, and need a Savior. And if a person who's a Christian identifies a behavior and says, this is sinful, it doesn't mean that they hate that person. It doesn't mean that they think they're better than that person. It doesn't mean that they think they're superior to that person. So if you encounter a Christian or if you encounter a non-Christian and you've got this idea that you have this preconceived idea about what they're selling at the Makasa store, it may not be about what they're selling that disappoints you, but with what you were expecting that they were selling that disappoints you. It's very important to, to don't get discouraged when you run into imperfect people. Don't get discouraged when you're disappointed by what was advertised and what you find. And it's super, super important to remind you that if you've run into well-meaning Christians who did a bad job at representing their product, don't quit looking just because you've been to the wrong shop once or twice. And in all fairness, it may not be that you actually went to the wrong shop. It, it may be that you've made the classic mistake of confusing the product with the proprietor. Uh, I went into a shop expecting to find volleyballs, and what I found was vases. <laughs> not vases, but vases. And, and because my expectation of what was there and my expectation of what wasn't there, I left embarrassed and humiliated. But that probably says more about me than it does the lady selling Mikasa vases in Georgia. If you have a bad experience with God's people, you know, the sign says God and you walk in and you're disappointed that you only find people or you're disappointed at the people you find it may be that you make what they call the lion's mistake. The circus buys a lion. They, they bring him fresh from Africa, and they stick him in a cage. The lion tamer walks in, and he's got a stool or a chair, and he's got a whip. And he pokes the lion, and the lion is not happy about being a circus lion now because he used to be in the jungle. And so he reaches out, and he slaps the chair. Well, chairs don't bleed, and chairs don't crowd in pain, and chairs don't exude their pheromone of fear. And then the lion tamer either pops the whip or pops the lion with the whip. And then the lion starts associating that every time I hit this chair, it doesn't have any effect on the chair. In fact, it doesn't hurt the chair, but it ends up hurting or at least scaring me. And over the days and the weeks and the months, the lion begins to associate the chair or the stool and the whip with, with the lion tamer. And at some point, the lion tamer walks into the cage, and he has neither the whip nor the chair, but the lion doesn't slap him. The lion doesn't growl at him. The lion doesn't bite him because he's learned, quote, unquote, that it doesn't do any good, that you can't hurt this guy, and when you try to hurt him, it ends up hurting or scaring you. And he's associated and confused the lion tamer 
with the chair and with the whip and with the stool. And I think sometimes we see the advertisement that says God, and we walk in and we meet the imperfect people who've recognized that they need God. And, and even though we're doing an imperfect job, and sometimes even though we do things badly, it, it's unfortunate and probably even unfair, and it's absolutely unwise to base our relationship with God on our experience with imperfect people. And if we ever look at God and come to the conclusions about who God is based on His people, then we really have misread the advertisement. Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure, is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the Youth Ministry Book by Lonnie Jones, Cognitive Spiritual Development, a Christ-centered approach to spiritual self-esteem, Grappling with Life, Controlling Your Inside Space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense, If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones. And then The Selfish Reel, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country. Some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and in, that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. Thank you.